0: Bucket will Do It Live is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And you know what? They've got this amazing, easy two-tap checkout process. You know what I wish I could do with just two taps? Pretty much anything. That would be amazing. Two taps and you're done. You're out of here. How simple is that? It's great. The Game Time app is simple. Quick and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome back to Puck we Will Do It Live. It's been too long. It's our pre recorded Minnesota Twins podcast. Uh I don't know what day it is because this is a special edition of Whittle, Dan Hayes, Zach Pierce, as always. Dan it's been a long time. How have you been?
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm well rested. Um Yeah, I yeah, you look I good. got some sun in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I do. I do. I totally got I got some sun out there in Phoenix. And uh yeah. That's great.
0: Well, we're here today (laughs) uh, in the middle of November because uh, this week on The Athletic, we are celebrating the decade that was the 2010s, which was so, so good for Minnesota sports all the way around. Uh, And as part of that celebration, we are doing all-decade teams for every uh, team in the Big Four men's professional sports across the board. So that includes, of course, the Minnesota Twins and uh, Aaron Gleeman and Dan Hayes, uh co-wrote the uh the twins all decade team for our site you can read that right now on the athletic.com slash mn and uh we're here today to uh break it down talk about the team and uh and, and for me to nitpick all of your bad picks <laughs> dan how do you think about that
1: i'm i'm great with that but i don't think there's a lot of nitpicking given it's really that, not uh, yeah there's yeah, like it's... that block of like uh 600 losses in the middle of the decade basically i think it was like what 570 losses over those six years in the middle it's not a lot of uh pleasant stuff to talk about on this team this is not the yankees there have been better decades that's for sure not gonna
0: not gonna shy away from that but uh i think the best thing to do dan is just to go through uh position by position and um you know get your thoughts on why you made the picks that you did and um answer for them to yeah, me absolutely. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's so you. so I, wait, just,
1: like what what if 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 my picks if Aaron and I are wrong uh, on any of these picks, um Aaron, it's Aaron's fault. And since he's okay. not here to uh defend himself, it's all Aaron's fault. Just to That's a that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah.
0: had you had the you had the better pick, but you listened to Aaron <laughs> and now exactly so exactly. All right, so uh we'll start off with the most Controversial pick of all, which is catcher. You have Joe Mauer. I mean, yeah, what's was, up with uh, that? <laughs> no,
1: That's actually, too bad it, to... No, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's it's
0: actually kind of an interesting pick because obviously, of the last twenty years, Joe Mauer is is easily the catcher for sure. But in this decade, obviously it was cut short by the uh the concussion suffered in 2013. So there was maybe a little tiny part of you guys that wanted to put Mitch Garver in there uh for the season he had last year, but uh I think you have to give Mauer the lifetime achievement award here.
1: Yeah. Um think about it. Those 4 years that he was a catcher, he hit 317, 400 447, won a gold glove, finished in the top 10 in the MVP. Um three all-star teams i mean he was amazing and it got cut short and it's really really unfortunate because i think he would be viewed in a different light a hundred percent and um by the entire fan base if he had been able to continue his career as a catcher um this is a it was a pretty much no-brainer mitch garver had an amazing season but mitch garver had one plus season so for the whole decade you you can't give one season the award uh mitch garver made it closer but joe mauer is uh a pretty amazing catcher and and uh so that was we we both agreed on that one aaron and i um and uh, you know it's kind of a no-brainer i mean you had kurt suzuki you had some other guys but this was a no-brainer for sure
0: i agree i was obviously kidding uh a f- i know a fine choice for catcher
1: uh we just spent way too much time on that
0: we did we did and, and i think from here there's uh there's a few more obvious ones first baseman justin morneau of course again only four seasons of morneau but uh Ever yes. since, ever since Morno, it's been kind of a revolving door there at the position. So, uh, again, uh, another he, he one of also, those
1: tragedies where it's like, yeah, you wish you would have seen what he could have continued to do. Because I got him when he was on the White Sox; I covered him for half a season, and he was so much fun to cover. And that was when his skills were, you know, he was thirty-five at the time. So, and after the the concussion, like, uh, man, those two in the from like 06 to eleven. Holy cow, the, yep. it's ridiculous!
0: And then at second base, um, you dubbed it the easiest selection on the entire team, and I have to agree. Obviously, Brian Dozier, uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, stalwarts of the entire decade, carried the flag for the team offensively during all those uh, terrible uh, years, unfortunately. But uh, but with by a landslide, the best second baseman of the decade.
1: And you know, I mean, bonus points. For his activities in Washington, uh, producer Adam probably would agree. Uh, shirtless Brian Dozier True. throughout True. the postseason really brings it home. I think I think he had a good candidacy, but there was nobody else. I was looking at some of the other names at the position, and um, man, yeah, it was lean Brian Dozier that seven years. I mean, that, I think in those seven years that he played the most games amongst anybody in the franchise at, at any position at that, that span. Um, Joe Joe would catch up, obviously. Uh, Mauer probably played more overall games but Dozier was by far the most games in any position um, over the course of a decade and, you know he was he was really good in 16 when they were terrible that 103 loss season he was even better somehow uh, He hit an 856 OPS in the wild card run season injuries caught up to him in 18 and obviously they traded him and that was a, a rough year but he was amazing
0: those three positions are probably the three that uh, I think were were pretty well held down by, by the old guard, and I think from here, the team transitions a lot to current players, and uh, uh, at shortstop, we have Jorge Polanco, which is kind of a no-brainer, again, because the Twins have had uh, such a revolving door. Also at shortstop, and Polanco, of course, uh, came on great, was an all-star last year, uh, and another easy selection, I would say, there.
1: Yeah, you look at how how much of an influence he had in 17, um, batting third down the stretch for the wildcard team, and then batting second and third this year and playing by far the most games and um he's just a, a very good player and his bat has been huge and it's kind of ironic because he was the defensive first player when he was scouted um uh, back at when he was 16 15 in the Dominican Republic and he's been one of their most consistent guys and you know 280 339 447 the past three seasons and um even with the pd suspension he uh he came back and, and hit really well to finish 18 and carried it over into 19 and was was a, a stud in the middle of the lineup.
0: At third base, uh, Trevor Plouffe was the, the primary third baseman of the decade if you go by total games uh, played or, or started at the position. But uh, I think, again, pretty easy choice that the third baseman on the all-decade team should be Miguel Sano just for the uh the the incredible things his bat is capable of when it's on. Yeah. Obviously uh some people, my mother included, uh think the team is better off without Miguel Sano on it, but uh just an undeniable presence when that bat is clicking, Dan.
1: Yeah. You think about he came off of the injury in May and the way he started and he struggled towards the end of June and had that one the eighteen inning game? I think he went zero for seven in the eighteen inning and lost to Tampa, and basically turned it on that next day in Chicago. Put some batting, some uh, some swing changes in, and he was unreal. I mean, he is a guy that if he can stay on the field, he is a force in the middle of the lineup. That you you don't have a lot of guys like that, um, especially the way that he puts together his at bats. Because when he's really on and he's laying off the pitches away, um, he's hard to beat and The twins finally got to see what he can really do over, uh, the majority of a season. And if he can, you know, he put himself in great shape to go into last year. I really look forward to what he's capable of accomplishing in 2020 because pairing him with Nelson Cruz was such a huge, uh, deal for, for Miguel Snow, just to see what it takes to be a stud. You know, he wants to get paid and, and to see Nelson Cruz doing it at age 39, the way he does, um. That's a great template that the twins, it was an easy decision to bring Nelson Cruz back next year uh, in 2020 to just have Miguel snow around him for another year
0: in left field. You have Eddie Rosario, another member, obviously of the current team, uh, tough to argue that one. Although, uh, I'll give you guys some respect for the shout out to Josh Willingham and the best season by a left fielder. Yeah, that was an amazing year. 35 homers in 2012, but, uh, Again, pretty easy choice there. Eddie has obviously had a great uh, five-year run, even if he might end up as a potential trade bait this offseason. But um, undeniable uh, power, undeniable presence he's brought there in left field.
1: Yeah, and and let's not – you know, last year he was down defensively, and I wonder how much the ankle sprain played into that. But the arm is still a cannon. Don't run on Eddie. You know, it was a weird year for him in 2019 because he didn't show all the elements that he had shown – in 2018 before he got hurt uh, and when he was kind of uh, robbed of that all-star appearance in 2018. He was their best player on the field in 2018, and we saw that in snippets in 2019. He had some big clutch moments, but at the same time, he had some moments where he just kind of was not as good as he could have been. And I wonder if he really hurt himself by coming back from that ankle spring maybe too fast knowing how much the team counts on him. But he uh, he that does not detract from the fact that the last five years he has been fantastic for them in left field it's the reason why they chant eddie out there he is a dynamic player all
0: right so so far so good pretty pretty easy choices all around and i think i think these next two are the ones where uh you could really perhaps take exception make an argument the other way in center field we have denard span not byron buxton which uh it's an, it's a very interesting argument i think that if you lean buxton for this spot you're leaning more on potential than on actual results despite how great buxton was in 2019 for for when he was on the field but denard Spann, damn had a really good 3 years at the very beginning of the decade
1: yeah and and look i i would if i was choosing my lineup um who would i take i would take buxton in a second but i think this has to do with games played and span You know, Buxton played the whole 17. He played very little of 18. He played half of 19. Um, And and if you project his numbers out over a whole year for each of those years, he wins it hands down. He was so good in 19. And and the second half of 17, he was really good. Defensively, he's elite. Uh, Span really did a good job getting on base. He was a defensive dynamo in 2012. He had 19 defensive runs saved that year. Um, But it, it, I don't feel like this is a strong position either way for this team. I just think it kind of shows how they had some issues there with Buxton staying healthy and, you know, early on development stuff, uh, just getting caught up to speed. But um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we saw Buxton on their 2020s team, um, if, uh, you know, if, if the world's still there in 10 years. The 2020s team, yeah.
0: When we do this again in ten years, I, I hope we're all here able to debate this again at the end of the next decade. But, uh, but if not, hey man, hell of a run. We had a good yeah, time. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then in right field, uh, this one, this one's going to get you some get you some flack, I think. I, I think you, so. I think I think you admitted that in your in the story where you wrote, and I quote, "You could make a very strong case for Max Kepler here in right field." And Aaron and I both agree this spot probably belongs to him. And yet, <laughs> and yet, they did and yet not give two Gevler. years of
1: Michael Cudahy. We gave
0: they it gave to it, two years. They of- gave it to Cuddy simply out of nostalgia. Is that correct?
1: Am I, I interpreting that correctly? I mean, look that that would I would say that would be something that you'd have to discuss more with Aaron because Cuddy was long gone. I don't even know if I covered him as a player because he was in the National League by the time uh, I switched over the American League, so I never even saw a game. With him, I believe, um, but I know what he meant to the team in the the two thousand two thousands, and then what he did in ten and eleven. Um, he was so huge for the Twins in their first, and you know when they were good, when they were essentially a good yep. team in the decade. And you could argue that right field's not even the right spot for him. He played first base. He moved around a lot. Um, we just felt like we had to get him on the team somewhere. And Max Kepler had an, an elite. 2019 season. The best season by any right fielder in the franchise um, of the decade for sure and his defense has always been great. His his offense the previous three years while he was developing was actually below league average in, in each of the three years. Just a tad always showing a ton of promise and, and you know what? Given his uh, how late he started to baseball he did a really good job those three years um, but I just feel like Kadir's two years um, trumped the one elite and three average seasons by Kepler before that. Um, but, again, not married to it. Kepler is an amazing player, and that's why we cited and wrote it so strongly about him, too. I mean, man, he's he, he was probably... You could make a strong case for him, Polanco, and Nelson Cruz as the team MVP this year. You know, Kepler taking over in center field when Buxton went down and... And really filling in out there was a huge lift, and but uh, we wanted to get Cudir on that Cuddy <laughs> on there somewhere.
0: It's one of those where the cutoff of the exercise being you know 2010 makes it a tough choice because obviously the bulk of kadir's resume is before that. But uh, I agree, it feels weird to say that he shouldn't be a part of this team, and and his one All Star season with the Twins was in 2011 for whatever that's worth. With all the uh, rules around the All Star game, but uh he was a consistent bat in that lineup for a long time and you're giving him a lifetime achievement award. I don't think any, anyone's really gonna have a huge problem with that unless you're yeah way way. We're trying too to win fans this. here. You know, we're right. trying to
1: win fans here. So
0: you don't win friends with Salad. Uh the designated hitter spot, uh Jim Tomey had a hell of a season in two thousand and ten, but really in every metric, Nelson Cruz's twenty nineteen surpasses it and that's why it's Nelson Cruz.
1: Yeah, Nelson Cruz, I, I uh, would – and Aaron was the one that uh, wrote the uh, graph on this. But, um, I mean, I I put Nelson Cruz on my MVP ballot. I I had uh, an American League MVP ballot, and I put him fifth. And that was – he got four fifth-place votes amongst the 30 votes. I just think when you look at his impact, not only did he hit 311, 392, 639, which is absurd, 41 home runs um, – he was their coach off the field, and his his yep. leadership was so important for this team. Um, they they had someone to look to at all times this last season, and I think that that goes into it. Um, you just he was the captain of the Bomba squad. Bomba squad's the best team uh, in the last you know thirty years of the franchise, up in uh, the World Se- probably since the World Series. I'd say this. I mean, second most wins ever, three hundred seven homers really brought this franchise back to life um really reinvigorated the common fan uh, you know the, the regular everyday diehard fans were always there but the casual fan was back this year and i think the Bomba squad was all about that reasoning i mean i just think that helped so much and um, he's the guy
0: if you're pissed off at our omissions so far good news we have a bench our backup catcher is Mitch Garver. Our bench bat is Jim Tomey. Our utility infielder is a guy we haven't mentioned yet, Eduardo Escobar, of course. Yeah, he
1: could have been in a couple spots.
0: Yep. Uh, backup outfielders, Byron Buxton and Max Kepler. So there you go. They still have a chance to prove themselves as the actual starters on our all-decade team. Yeah. <laughs> Now is now is the part where it gets a little dicier or, or less entertaining. If if we go to the pitching staff, um, <laughs> pr- producer producer Adam said we only have had to name the the opening day starter. Which <laughs> thank is, God uh, that's
1: that's all we really have. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it's Irvin Santana is your starting pitcher one. Which uh, when I saw that I was I, I almost kind of spit out my drink. Not that I was drinking while editing your story, but. Um, and then I looked at the stats, and uh, yeah, I think Urban Santana's tenure with the Twins, if you just look at that side of it, is the best stretch oh. that a starting pitcher's had so far.
1: I mean, when you lose that many games as a, a team uh, over a decade, it is very tricky, and it usually comes to, to pitching, and uh, yeah. Now, Santana has a good case. Let's let's ignore the 18, because he was hurt in those five starts. Uh fifteen to seventeen and another guy who his first season started off with that PED suspension, so only two and a half years, but three four seventy RA. And he was he was Mr. Consistent and he was important to the staff, uh teaching some of the young guys. I, I think next decade'll be Jose Barrios in the landslide as our opening day starter. You could make a really good case off of his two years, uh his last two years, but um Irvin Santana was was really good and, and was one of the few free agents that kind of lived up to the money um, that the team yep. has had over the years. And, but then after that, we're looking at like individual seasons for guys. You know, Barrios had two really good years in All-Stars, but you're like Jake Odorizzi because of one All-Star season gets in our top five. Yep. Uh, Francisco Liriano had a really good year in between 2010 and 12. He got in because of that, even though he was not good at the end with the twins and Kyle Gibson gets in because he was, the guy that made the most starts for the decade, so it's <laughs> it's not a strong list. Um, it's hard to pick when you're talking about a team that was as bad as they were.
0: So we're gonna need those bats to step up to be competitive with this uh, with this all-decade team. But then lastly, the bullpen uh, is headlined by Glenn Perkins and Taylor Rogers. I think obviously, uh, no-brainers there. And then the right-handed pitchers in there are Brandon Kinsler, Ryan Presley, Trevor May. And Casey, I forget, is it Fiend or Fine?
1: I think it's Fiend. Like, yeah. I, I don't even know. And, I mean, and he had a 379 ERA. That's, 37- that, that, that's how that.
0: dire this is. I don't remember pronunciations of pitchers on our all-decade team.
1: Yeah, and Perkins was amazing, especially in 13. Rogers has been amazing in the last two years. Um, May, uh, May has been very good, but he's got a year-plus of being very good. Um, Presley gets in. He got better as he after he left. That you know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. It just kind of gives you an idea of. I I remember coming up to with the with the White Sox to Twins games, and it was just this endless group in the bullpen that I never really knew who they were. Uh, they all seemed to have roughly the same ERAs. Oh, you're they telling st- me?
0: I can't remember how to say their names. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you have it, an all decade team that uh, needs to score runs to win games and not surprisingly, uh the twins did not win a World Series in the decade and and for most of it were mired in ninety lost seasons. Obviously it was bookended by division titles. Ton of hope for twenty twenty and uh and for the for the off season ahead. But all in all, Dan, I think uh from an offensive
1: standpoint, that all decade team with those players at their peaks, pretty darn good. Yeah, good lineup. That And we even have a clear leadoff hitter with Denard Span. So I feel like that's a great group.
0: Denard Span, He was great. I was a big fan of Denard Span back in the day. I shouldn't admit that because this is supposed to be a journalistic exercise. But
1: you know what? He was a good dude. You know what? This would have been a, a lot more fun if this was the, the previous decade.
0: That's true. Gosh, it, yeah. Yeah. But, Torrey Hunter. Yeah, that would have been a –
1: yeah, young Joe Mauer, young Justin yeah. Morneau.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, man. But we should, hey. do, we should do that all-decade team next week. That would be good. We'll just <laughs> just keep going. People back would the just 60s. wonder
1: why did you? <laughs> yes, exactly. We right. decided to do an exercise on. <laughs> so,
0: all right. So that's uh, that's our all-decade show. If you uh, if you haven't seen the story yet, go to theathletic.com/mn right now. It'll be up there. Uh, the Minnesota Twins all-decade team again. That's uh, Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman at Dan Hayes MLB at Aaron Gleeman <laughs> on Twitter for all of your complaints I had nothing to do with it uh, but all in all a pretty uh, pretty, I would say straightforward team with maybe a couple exceptions where uh, there are some arguments to be made but they got in on the bench anyway those guys so we, we've got everybody accounted for on the roster somewhere uh, and we'll see you again in 2029 right Dan? Uh, yes exactly. Alright. Thanks everybody. Catch you next time.